0: The Quest presents an encore presentation of Heaven's Light with Father Jim Blunt. Good afternoon, everyone. We're broadcasting live from the AM 1160 The Quest studio. I'm Annie Porter and I'm joined in studio with Steph Icke, Jack Tyson, and Carol Tearsmith. And on the phone, we're blessed to be joined by Father Jim Blunt again from the Society of Our Lady of the Trinity. For those of you who might have missed our interview with Father Jim last week, don't worry. It's available to listen online at thequestAtlanta.com. And coming up this hour, we're gonna be hearing tips on staying close to the Lord in these turbulent times. And we hope to get a few questions that our listeners have sent in through email. Welcome, Father Jim. Thanks for joining us today.
1: Thank you, Miss Annie. Thank you, Carol, and Jack and Stephanie as well. Hello, Thanks, Father. Father. Hi. Good to talk to you today.
0: Great to talk to you. We know all good things start in prayer, so would you mind leading us in an opening prayer, Father?
1: Sure. Let's go ahead and pray the three traditional prayers. They're, they're so powerful. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. amen. amen.
2: Holy Holy Mary, Mary, Mother Mother of God, pray pray for for us sinners,
0: sinners, now and at the the hour of our our death. death. Amen.
1: All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit.
0: As it was in the beginning, is
2: now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen.
1: O Lord, guide our words today. Help us to speak in and through your Holy Spirit. Use us, O Lord, as instruments to bring encouragement and guidance to your beloved sons and daughters. Amen. Amen. Amen.
0: All right. Thank you, Father Jim. Jack, why don't you start us off this hour?
3: I will. Welcome back, Father. It's great to speak with you again.
1: Thank you, Jack. Appreciate
3: it. And appreciate you being here. You know, Father, well, there's a big topic out there that, that hasn't gotten any smaller in the in the last seven days and and more and more we're seeing how people are being absorbed into what they're hearing about the coronavirus you know basically through mainstream media Um, what advice would you have for people who are sort of being crippled by by obsession and fear that they you know they may be gathering from the mainstream media
1: thank you very important question I would say, uh, first of all, just a reminder from a scripture verse that we spoke about briefly last week from St. John, where St. John teaches us, or you might say God teaches us, through the inspired words of St. John, not to live in fear. He says, do not live in fear, little flock. In fact, there is a, a private revelation that has an imprimatur as well from a beautiful book about the life of Jesus and Mary Uh, where the Lord tells his apostles that as soon as anything begins to disturb your spirit, the Lord was telling the apostles in his private revelation, cut it off immediately. Don't let anything, you might say, upset the primacy of peace in your heart. So we have to be very careful about listening to the media. Uh, First of all, because um, we don't always know the motives of much of the mainstream media. Uh, they, they tend to be very materialistic and very worldly. We know that, that they are companies, and companies are for profit. So what they do is, is meant to make money. So their motives may not always be for your good or for my good. In fact, the more thrilling or exciting, and that means fearful that a story is, the more they're going to blast it over the airway. So this for them is like euphoria, what's happening right now. So their motives are very questionable. In any case, a good rule of thumb is this. Never spend more time with bad news than you do with the good news. Never. We should focus on the good news that comes from heaven. And we can get hold of that good news in the sacred scriptures, in the Catechism of the Catholic Church, in the beautiful words of Pope Francis just this week. So always spend more time in prayer uh, and in study and in association with the good news. That should be first. Never watch the media more than you watch Jesus. That's a good rule of balance for all of us. And I would say that anything we do listen to before turning on the news, is better to pray the rosary first. Hmm. To, you know, listen to all the news through the filter of Mary's Immaculate Heart. So be very careful. The news tends to be um, unbalanced and fearful, and the news will never tell you this, you know, like, be calm, everyone. God is still in control. You'll never hear that on CNN (laughs) or any other one, you know. (laughs) And yet that is news, and that is truth. God is still in control. So we don't want to let anybody, you know, have authority over our spirits and our minds and our hearts, unless it's God don't let the media or anybody else have that authority. God is in control and spend more time with the good news than you do with the bad news.
3: Great advice. Yes, Father. That wow, thank you. That that is great advice. And and you mentioned Pope Pope Francis. So over the last few days we we've been hearing some news coming out of the Vatican about ways to be granted a, a plenary indulgence during these times. For our li- listeners who may not be uh, familiar with a plenary indulgence, could you explain what, that, what it means to them?
1: Yes, it's, a, it's an ancient concept and teaching of the Church, and it has to do with the punishment that's due to sin. So in other words, when a Catholic, when a Christian goes to the Lord and and confesses their sins and repents of them, they are forgiven. We are forgiven, especially in the sacrament of confession. But there's also, um, you might say, reparation that has to be done uh, to undo our sin, to make up for what we did, in other words, and also to heal our souls. That's called the punishment due to sin. And that brings up, you know, the Catholic doctrine, the dogma of purgatory, which, by the way, some Protestants actually believe as well. One in particular, Dr. Howard Storm, had a life-after-death experience and came back, and he's a Methodist minister who spoke about the reality of purgatory. It is real. So purgatory is where Christians would go, or, or all peoples would go, who, who die, perhaps repented of their sins, but still not yet having done their reparation or the healing of their sins and that can be done through prayer and sacrifice. You might say purgatory is an enforced prayer and sacrifice, for those of us who have not yet done that. But the Lord has given the church a means to release that as well, to relieve that or release it completely. That's called an indulgence. Just like a parent might indulge his child or her child with a special treat, or maybe, maybe the parents said, okay, you're going to be in your room for seven days because you are naughty. And then the parent took pity, perhaps, if they saw the child kneeling down on the floor praying. So they said, okay, so they indulged the child and say, okay, it won't be seven days, just three days. You can get out tomorrow. <laughs> the child, you know, is receiving an indulgence from mom and dad. <laughs> well, the church is a mother, you see, and she has indulgence on us. She gives us indulgences. That punishment due to sin can be, can be lessened and even completely released through special prayers and sacrifices. And it's very true, there have been many experiences of this by many people, Catholics and non-Catholics, of these realities of purgatory, prayer, indulgences, and entering into heaven. So Pope Francis, who ultimately um, has the, the authority for the universal church, is issuing a special plenary indulgence. There are partial indulgences that lessens my punishment in purgatory, and this plenary indulgence that completely releases my punishment. So if I go to purgatory and I've done a plenary indulgence, I can enter heaven immediately and not stay in purgatory for the cleansing. So God will give you, you might say, a miraculous cleansing, you call it that way, with the use of this plenary indulgence. It's based on the merits of Jesus Christ at Calvary and on the tears of His Holy Mother, on the prayers and sacrifices of all the saints. And we join to it our own prayers and sacrifices. So Pope Francis is issuing a plenary indulgence this week on Friday that anyone can receive. He'll be around 6 p.m. in Rome is when I think it begins. He'll be having a holy hour with adoration. And for those of us who participate, that will count as our prayer, you might say, as our sacrifice. We'll join with the Holy Father in these prayers to receive this indulgence from Holy Mother Church and from Heaven over uh, any purgatory time, you might say, that we have waiting for us. It can be completely wiped away by keeping the, the um, regulations for a plenary indulgence. And even those, Holy Father has relaxed on those as well. But traditionally, they, they are four, four requirements to receive a plenary indulgence. So besides doing the prescribed prayer, which will be a holy hour with Pope Francis on Friday evening, it would include as well to go to the sacrament of confession, to go to Holy Communion, to say a prayer for Pope Francis and his ministry, and to be detached completely from sin. Those have no secret sins that we're harboring, but to let go of all of our sinfulness. Mm. So that sounds, um, it's a little bit stringent, it sounds, but it's actually very beautiful. No Christian wants to be attached to sin. So these are the four traditional requirements. But Pope Francis said, just tell the Lord that have true sorrow for your sins on Friday, true sorrow for any and all sins, he says, promise the Lord that you will go to confession and will receive public communion when it's available, when it's possible.
4: Okay, so he's that, making
1: it very easy for us, you see.
4: Yes, Th- that was an important point, too, because I'm sure our listeners are thinking, okay, how am I going to go to confession? You know, am I going to be able to you know, work that out soon? So you're saying when they can go to confession, they would um, participate in that to finish off what's required for this indulgence.
1: That's right. Again, it's very, it's very lenient. The Holy Father says, just promise the Lord that you will go when you have a real opportunity to do that.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Very beautiful. It is. So basically pray with the Holy Father on Friday evening. Promise the Lord you will go to confession and to Mass when you can. Say a Hail Mary for the Pope and our Father, a Hail Mary and a Glory be. And you might say, renounce sin. Let's say, I, I renounce all sin and all attachment to sin.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's a beautiful thing. It's a gift that's given to everyone. Any Catholic can receive it this coming Friday.
3: Father, the, uh, you brought back a lot of memories. Um, my parents used to send me to the bad chair on a regular basis. <laughs> um, but I, th- I think Carol has a question for you right now. Thanks, okay. Jack.
2: Thanks, Jack. Uh, Father, I believe last week when you were with us, you uh, shared uh, or prayed the unity prayer. And yes. as I understand... Um, the pr- that prayer is part of the, f- the Flame of Love um, movement. Uh, it's part of the Immaculate Heart movement, and it's spreading across the country or across the world. I was wondering if you would share a little bit about that uh, movement.
1: Sure. It's a Fully Approved Movement in the Church. You know, these, these um, private apparitions or messages, they need to be vetted by the local bishop. That's called the Ordinary So, in this case, it would be Cardinal Peter Erdo in Budapest, there in Hungary, and he has approved it. It's actually been approved in this country by the recently retired Archbishop of Philadelphia, Charles Chaput, a wonderful bishop, who gave the imprimatur to the movement and to the diary of the mystic, Elizabeth Kindleman. So, it's been fully tested and approved, and yes, it's really considered the fulfillment of Fatima, of Our Lady of Fatima of the triumph of Mary's Immaculate Heart throughout the world. So your beautiful listeners, they really need to know that in spite of what we're seeing in front of us, that there is a tremendous victory coming to the human race. I mean, an awesome victory never heard of before in the history of the world. Even St. John Bosco prophesied about this more than 100 years ago. Mary, Our Lady, promised at Fatima that her Immaculate Heart would in the end triumph over the human race. So something spectacular is coming. And these prayers of the Flame of Love movement are meant to bring that about, to hasten the victory, to shorten this time of trial and punishment that we're in, and to bring about a major, incredible victory worldwide, sometimes called the Era of Peace sometimes called the reign of the kingdom of the divine will, sometimes called the Eucharistic reign of Jesus. All these things, all these prophecies, all approved, converge on this. So the Flame of Love movement is for everyone. They have, by the way, an excellent website, so your listeners can just Google Flame of Love and read more about it. And I would suggest uh, that we pray that awesome prayer that we did last week,
3: Mm -hmm. called the
1: Unity Prayer, This prayer was dictated by Jesus to Elizabeth, the mystic. She's gone to her reward. Please, God, I hope she's canonized one day. This prayer was given to her by the Lord and approved by the church. It's exquisitely beautiful. Jesus said, this prayer expresses the desires of my heart. So you see, Jesus, he desires unity with you and I. We are not to God appendages or extra things. We are persons whom He loves, and together in the Church, we actually are the Bride of Christ. So He loves us with, you might even say a romantic love. He loves us. So this prayer expresses His desire to be united with all of us and all of your listeners today, and has amazing results, including a supernatural protection. So let me say the prayer now, called the Unity Prayer. In fact, studio, if you'd like to, my helper is to say this after me, we'll do it together.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: It's so beautiful, and it blinds anything dark or evil that tries to attack us throughout the day. That's one of the promises also approved by the church. So all together, my adorable Jesus, my adorable Jesus, may our feet journey together. May
4: our feet journey together.
1: May our hands gather in unity.
4: May our hands gather in unity.
1: May our hearts beat in unison.
4: May, may our hearts beat in unison.
1: May our souls be in harmony.
0: May our souls be in harmony.
1: May our thoughts be as one.
0: May our thoughts be as one.
1: May our ears listen to the silence together.
3: May our ears listen to the silence together.
1: May our glances profoundly penetrate each other.
2: May our glances, our glances profoundly, profoundly
1: penetrate each other. May our lips pray together.
2: May our lips pray
1: together To gain mercy from the eternal Father. To gain mercy
0: from the eternal Father. Amen.. Amen.
1: And also, there's a second prayer that's much shorter that's also been approved. And the Virgin Mary is asking us to place this special petition within the recitation of the Hail Mary. Now, the prayer goes like this, O Blessed Lady, spread the effect of grace of thy flame of love over all of humanity. And Our Lady is asking us to put this prayer within the Hail Mary. O Blessed Lady, spread the effect of grace of thy flame of love over all of humanity. The Lord says the flame of love will be the greatest grace that will ever ever come to the church and to the human race that will help to transform the world to bring about the promises of Our Lady. So this second little prayer is an insert. And when you say it within the Hail Mary, you say it after the word sinners in the Hail Mary. You leave out the first three words, and you would say, Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, and then you add the praise, spread the effect of grace of thy flame of love over all of humanity, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Mm.
4: Beautiful.
1: It's beautiful. quite beautiful. It's approved completely by the Church. And when you pray it within the rosary, we oftentimes call that the flame of love rosary. And I was really struck by this in particular. Uh, Two years ago, I was preaching in Indiana, and uh, there was a a beautiful couple there that led the rosary early in the morning at a a shrine, a Franciscan shrine in Indiana. And so before our conference started, um, they had a little mass, and they led the rosary. This married couple has been leading the rosary there for something like 35 years every single Saturday morning. So this particular morning, because we were there to put on a Flame of Love conference, they agreed to pray the Flame of Love Rosary, and that is to add that insert to every Hail Mary, which they did with us. Well, it takes a tiny bit longer, but it's, it's much more powerful. At the end of the rosary, this beautiful and saintly couple turned to us and told the priest at the shrine, "'We've been praying this rosary every Saturday for 35 years.'" This morning, by far, was the most powerful rosary of our entire life. Wow. I believe it. (laughs) It's so effective and so powerful, and perhaps partly because it's in obedience. As we do this, we're obeying a current word of Our Lady and Our Lord, approved by the Church, to bring about the victory of Our Lady of Fatima. So I would encourage all of your listeners, all of us, to add this to your Hail Marys every day, especially in the rosary, because then we become participants in the victory. You see? I usually tell people when I preach around the country or in other countries, my little Catholic cheer. I teach them a new cheer. <laughs> and it goes like this. I have everyone in the in the congregation raise their hands with me, either before or after the Mass. And we shout this out together. And you can say this after me, okay, my helpers? Okay. Jack and Annie, Carol, say this after me. <laughs>
0: Jack's got his hands up. He's ready. Very good.
1: <laughs> it goes like this. We always win.
0: We always
4: win.
1: We always win. We
4: always win.
1: We always win. We always win. We in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Jesus. In the name of Mary.
0: In the in name, name of Mary.
1: Mary. Amen. 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 <laughs> That's my new cafe cheer.
0: Awesome. We, we love it.
1: I think it's going to be a T-shirt. I mean, he's like you need a different mantra on that one. Yes, we've go, we got to make a T-shirt for that, Chad. We're working on that right now. You see that beautiful Jesus? Listen, if he conquered death, Satan, and sin, he can conquer the coronavirus too. Praise God. We always win. It's, it's a cheer, but it's actually, it's actually indisputable truth. Jesus' middle name is Victor, you see? His name is Victor. He is victorious. He's entrusted his victory for these times to the Blessed Virgin Mary. He's entrusted the victory to Mary. And she will bring about the victory through the prayers of her little sons and little daughters. She will bring about the victory in honor of her son. So we do win and we will win. And when we say this beautiful prayer, spread the effect of grace, of thy flame of love over all of humanity... When we add that to our Hail Marys, we are bringing the victory quicker. And that's why I encourage God's beloved children to start right away. Include that beginning today in your Hail Marys, in your rosary, because a victory is coming that will be magnificent. I'll actually go and quote what our Lord said to Elizabeth Kendall. He said to her, the renewal of the earth will take place. He said, the whole earth will be renewed, he said. The renewal of the earth will take place. The communists are not going to win this. The evil one's not going to win this. No, God's going to win this battle. The renewal of the earth will take place, he said, through the power and the imploring force of the Blessed Virgin Mary. It's going to happen. The whole world will be touched and changed. It will happen through Mary's prayers and really as we assist her with our prayers. That's a direct quote from our Lord. So there's a great victory coming, and really, victory really should be the aroma of a Catholic. We should smell like victory, you and I. We should breathe victory day and night. That's what's coming. So now the time for us to, like, stand strong and lift up our heads, you see, to lift them up, because our victory is coming. And no matter what the world may throw at us, and and the media, God forbid, the media, limit that time with the media, but whatever the world and media throw at us, we stand strong with our heads up, raised with a rosary in our hands, and we are going to pray down the victory. God chooses to give the victory to the human race through his holy and beautiful mother and through her sons and daughters. A great victory is coming to the whole world. So these flame of love prayers are part of bringing that victory as soon as possible. Darkness will not win. Evil will not win. Sickness and death will not win. God always wins, you see. And that's one of the meanings of his name, you might say. God is victorious. He is victory. He always wins. I invite you and I to be part of that. We are part of the, the victory team.
4: So if we're part of the victory team and we're the soldiers, Mother Mary must be the general, correct?
1: Well, my, she does, and she wears combat boots. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Father She's Jim. the general,
1: and she has on her boots.
2: Right. Father Jim, we uh, had invited listeners to send us questions, and we have one listener that sent a question, and, and it's uh, related to the Flame of Love discussion that we just had. Uh, And the question goes like this. There are so many apparitions documented over the last 100 years. Mother Mary is reassuring, preparing, and sending us words of love. Can you expand on this, Father?
1: Well, sure. I mean, probably the best place to start would be in the Sacred Scriptures, in the first book of the Bible, the book of Genesis, which actually means in the beginning, the word Genesis. And to the promise of our Lord himself, the most holy trinity, um, to Adam and Eve, and really uh, to, to Lucifer too, not a promise, but maybe perhaps a threat. But when the evil one had seduced Adam and Eve, and we, we fell for his lies, God, you see, there's a perfect example there was what smelled like defeat, God intervened sovereignly and said, no, this defeat will not have the final word. I will have the final word. And and what is that? He said, you, Satan, you will crawl on your belly from now on. You will crawl on your belly. And you will wait for the heel of the woman. And the woman shall crush your hand. Well, the times for that fulfillment, you might say, are coming very quick upon us. That God, the first, that's the first prophecy of God to the human race. The first promise and prophecy of God to the human race. That through his mother and his mother's seed, which would be Jesus and all of his disciples, through his mother and her seed, he will crush Satan completely. And that's why one of the promises on this Flame of Love Unity Prayer that we prayed together just a minute ago is that every time we say that prayer of this new movement of Mother Mary, the evil one himself, the Lord said, will be blinded and paralyzed every time we say that prayer. And I know it's true because I've seen it work within the midst of doing deliverances and exorcisms. I've seen the work, this prayer work immediately. So that's the place to begin, to know that it's biblical. And then it's picked up throughout Scripture, but especially in the last book of the Bible, the book of Revelation, in chapter 12, verse 1, where St. John, the beloved apostle, he sees this woman clothed with the sun, with a moon under her feet, and on her head a crown of 12 stars. St. John, who, by the way, took care of the Blessed Virgin Mary, she lived in his house, she attended daily Mass and received Holy Communion from St. John the Apostle, the beloved Apostle. He had this vision, and the Popes have told us, including St. Pope Pius X, that that woman clothed with the Son is Mary. Mm-hmm. is truly the Mother of God. So, the way I look upon it is this way. That when we look at Satan... And we look at sin. I, I've seen him many times in the midst of exorcisms and deliverances. I've seen him. He, first of all, to be very childlike. He's ugly. The devil is very, very ugly. But Mary, she's beautiful. Hermosa. She's incredibly beautiful. Totally beautiful. She is God's, you might say, finest work. She is God's Mona Lisa, the Virgin Mary. She is his beautiful work of art is Mary. And she always wears blue because she's the blueprint for the human race. Mary is really she's like the design of what you and I are supposed to be. Wow. <laughs> she's utterly beautiful while the evil one in all sin is ugly. But take it a step further. When you look at the devil, there's something about the devil he's um the devil is always angry and hateful. He's angry and hateful. But Our Lady is always gentle and loving. Mm -hmm. She's the antidote, you see, she's the exact opposite. She's gentle and loving. Then the devil is is arrogant, it's unbelievable. There's a scripture verse where the devil says in the Holy Bible that he will set his throne above the Most High. I mean, really, in every dictionary, under the word arrogance, it should have a picture of Lucifer, a picture of the (laughs) devil. Unbelievable. He should, He's yeah. so arrogant and so prideful. But Mary is, is totally humble. She knows that she is like a nothing next to God. She knows that. She accepts that. She says, she says in sacred scripture in the Gospel of Luke, My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he has looked with favor on his lowly servant. So she has humility in contrast to the devil's pride. And then there's purity. There's a reason why Satan is called the impure spirit. And wherever there's adultery or fornication or pornography or homosexuality or other forms of impurity, there's always a demonic battle and a demonic presence there. But Mary is utterly chaste and utterly pure. She has the innocence of a child. She is mother and virgin simultaneously. So contrasted to the impure spirit is the most pure heart of the Virgin Mary. Sin has never touched her. One author said this. He said, Mary is younger than sin. Mary is younger than sin because sin makes us old. But holiness and purity revives us and makes us young again. So Mary is the complete antidote to all the poison of Lucifer, to all of his arrogance and his impurity, you see, and his boasting and his ugliness and his disobedience. So Mary really has been entrusted with the victory, partly because of who she is. And here's another very important point to bring out. Mary is the opposite, you might say, of Lucifer, not Jesus. Jesus is far above all of that. And the devil likes us to think that it's it's the devil versus Jesus, like the true God against the anti-God, as if he's like opposite but equal to Jesus. And there again, nothing could be further from the truth. Jesus is the uncreated Son of God. Lucifer is a created angel, one of millions and millions of created angels. He's, he's anything but the opposite of Jesus. Here's the opposite. The devil is created and rebellious. Mary is created and obedient.
0: Wow, I'm like on the edge of my seat here, guys. I'm, like, I'm losing track of time, and we've got to go to a quick break, but we'll be back with more for Father Jim Blunt just in a moment. Stay tuned.
3: This is Ken Tazza from St. Peter Chanel Catholic Church in Roswell, Georgia. You're listening to Atlanta Catholic Radio, AM 1160, The Quest.
2: Does your parish, charitable organization, or ministry have an upcoming event that you'd like to promote? Advertise it on AM 1160, The Quest Community Calendar. It's easy and there's never a fee. Just visit thequestatlanta.com, click on events, and submit your activity or event. Enhance the success of your community outreach event. Take advantage of the Quest Atlanta's complimentary community calendar and gain more exposure to the Metro Faith community. Submit your event at thequestatlanta.com today.
0: The Quest presents a daily dose of virtue with Jay Tremonti.
1: From venture with virtue, Catholic Super Bowl champ Elvis Gerbach shared with me the key role discipline played in his journey. Discipline is required to form good habits, and this takes three things. First is to focus on your goal, then develop a plan for how to reach that goal. Third is practice, practice, practice. Over time, obedience to the practice and discipline of forming good habits leads to the freedom to just play the game and not even think about it. It's what the greats like Michael Jordan and Tom Brady did. And we can apply the same approach to faith by focusing on our ultimate goal of heaven, developing a plan for our spiritual life and forming habits of virtue. It becomes easier to grow in faith, make good decisions, do good and sacrifice for others. And when we do this, we live with freedom in Christ, just like the saints did and grow in
3: holiness and become saints ourselves. For more homegrown wisdom, visit thequestatlanta.com. AM 1160 The Quest is your metro-wide Atlanta Catholic radio station. Our programming is rooted in the teachings of the Catholic Church and helps listeners learn new and fascinating aspects of our faith. Here at The Quest, our mission is simple and powerful, to invite, inform, and inspire listeners to embrace their journey of faith through the beauty of the Catholic Church. The Quest team continues to hear wonderful testimonies from listeners all around Atlanta. One listener shared,
0: The Quest helps me grow my faith every day I listen. Every day, I feel the Holy Spirit talking to me through the Quest. If I have a question, it seems like the answers come to me through this Catholic radio station in a timely manner. I enjoy the programming, and yes, it has changed me. It's definitely changed me.
3: None of this would be possible without listeners just like you. We are a 100% listener-supported station. A donation of any amount helps to cover the ongoing operational expenses. Your donation is helping to bring your fellow Catholics and Christians closer to Christ. To donate, visit thequestatlanta.com.
2: Two Hearts Gifts and Books is a Catholic shop located at 540 West Crossville Road in Roswell, Georgia. Two Hearts carries a vast selection of authentically Catholic gifts and books. The Quest thanks Two Hearts Gifts and Books for their support.
0: welcome back if you're just joining us we're broadcasting live out of the am 1160 the quest studio this hour i'm annie porter and i'm joined in studio with steph Ike, jack tyson and carol tearsmith and on the phone we're joined by father jim blunt this hour well for the rest of this hour and
2: carol i'm going to toss it over to you to continue our conversation great thanks annie up uh- We just have heard Father Blunt talk about, we had a beautiful discussion about the Blessed Mother and the Flame of Love movement that is spreading throughout the world. And so we want to shift gears a little bit now, and we want to talk about um, St. Joseph. And St. Joseph is often called the protector of the family. And what role, Father, could he play in our current times?
1: Well, thank you. It's a beautiful and important question. There are actually prophecies concerning Holy St. Joseph that um, go deep into the history of the Church. You know, he's called the silent saint, because there are no recorded words of Holy St. Joseph in the sacred scripture. Uh, There is a book, by the way, and it's good to put your readers or your listeners on alert— there's a book of the Life of St. Joseph that was given to a Catholic mystic many years ago, hundreds of years ago, and it has several sets of imprimators, and it's been completely approved by the Holy Catholic Church. It's simply called The Life of St. Joseph. It was given to a Catholic mystic, a, a religious nun, a Benedictine prioress, and her name was Sister Maria Cecilia Baige. Sister Maria Cecilia Baij, B-A-I-J, The Life of St. Joseph. It is a delightful and beautiful book. So we don't have any recorded words in sacred scripture about Joseph, uh, but we know that he was a manly man, the protector of the holy family, and then raised up to the honor as protector of the universal church. He has many other holy titles as well. And this is his time. The saints said, and Teresa of Avila was among them, she always would say this, go to Joseph. Teresa of Avila was known for that phrase. She made it popular throughout the world, go to Joseph. And she attributed all of her, you might say, accomplishments and miracles to the intercession of St. Joseph. She said he would never let us down. But listen, here we are living in a time, you might say, of Fatherlessness here in the U.S. and throughout the world, a time of fatherlessness, where the role of fatherhood in the human family in the world has been so denigrated and so attacked. It's something that, you know, you can see even on a spiritual level, this has to be part of a concerted attack on manhood and on fatherhood. And our children are going through a crisis of identity all over the world. And that's fascinating because we know from sound psychology, both Catholic and secular psychology, that it is the father of the family who brings identity to the sons and the daughters, that we derive our our identity as men and as women from our fathers. That's a gift that comes from the father. And so we can see what's happening to our young people all around the world not knowing who they are in many Wanting to be the opposite gender, girls wanting to be boys, and boys wanting to be girls, or thinking that they're girls. Now, this is, of course, a peculiar form of irrationality. It is, yes, to be, use regular language, it's poquito loco, it's a little bit crazy. <laughs> Yet we have to deal with these poor young people with great respect and with great love and with an awful lot of prayer. But this is the result of not having men become fathers in their families and in the churches. So we need fathers more than ever. There's a famous prophecy from the last book of the Old Testament that speaks about how in the final days, I will return the hearts of the children to their fathers and the hearts of the fathers to their sons and daughters. There's an amazing prophecy in the last book of the Old Testament in Malachi. These appear to be those times. Because speaking of a time where there's fatherlessness, and God's going to heal that as well. So it makes perfect sense that in these times, that God would shower his attention on his foster father. Or as John Paul said, not foster father, virgin father. The virgin father of Jesus and so Therese actually prophesied, St. Teresa of Avila and other saints, that in the final days, that St. Joseph would rise up to his proper place in the Holy Catholic Church. He's been, you might say, ignored or put on the back shelf for a long time. But in the final days, they said, that he would rise up to his, his proper place. And boy, has that been happening with increased acceleration over the last 100 years, been over the last 12 months, you might say. It's really being fulfilled in front of our eyes. Uh, For instance, in the litany that we use called the Divine Praises in the Holy Catholic Church for adoration, blessed be God, blessed be His holy name, blessed be Jesus Christ, true God and true man, we know that in the end, after we praise the Lord for the Holy Mother Mary, we then go to St. Joseph, blessed be St. Joseph, her chaste spouse, Well, that wasn't in the Divine Praises for a thousand years. That was added right around the Vatican Council, too. That's when that was added, when suddenly we began to recognize St. Joseph during holy, solemn adoration. Then Pope Benedict wrote a special liturgical rubric, a special order that Pope Francis signed when he took over to now include St. Joseph. It's mandatory to include Holy St. Joseph at every single Mass. Seven days a week, around the world, we are now all the priests and the bishops, we are being told to, and you might say commanded, to include St. Joseph in the canon of the Mass at every Mass. Mm. Every single Mass throughout the world, you might say, till the end of time. (laughs)
4: That's awesome. It's
1: very interesting, because you know, he wasn't only included in Roman Canon 1. Called, you know, sometimes it's called the Canon of the Council of Trent and that was used very rarely I mean maybe once a year in some parishes so now Pope Benedict and Pope Francis have decreed that we are to invoke Holy Joseph at every single Mass not only on Sundays but Monday through Saturday as well
0: Father Jim you still there? oh we may have lost him let me try to get him back guys alright well, we've have
4: really had a great conversation, haven't we?
0: Wow,
2: yeah, that is great. Uh, this uh, this book, um, we'll repeat the name of the book. It's a book about the consecration of St. Joseph by Father Donald Calloway. Have you read the book, Jack?
3: I just heard about it today.
2: <laughs> wow, I know you're going to get one. <laughs> I am, I am. So,
4: very interesting. And I'm trying to remember, it was, it was uh, The Life of St. Joseph, by a mystic who has several imprimators, which was another suggested book. And that was by a nun. I'm trying to remember her name. Did you guys get that down? Biage, is it? Uh,
3: Biage. It, it was like...
2: Sister... Maria Cecilia was it? Biage? I think that's it. Steph. <laughs> so, hey, I want to tell the listeners a little bit if, if I could just remind them, uh, Pope Francis has called for two things this week, and uh, one is he's calling us at seven a.m. tomorrow morning to pray the um, an Our Father and uh, the whole world he's inviting just like we did the rosary last week and then as father was talking about the plenary indulgence that's this friday i believe it's going to be broadcast on our radio station at three thirty p.m and so put that on your calendar set an alarm so that you, you want to be part of that uh, plenary indulgence by participating in that hour of prayer and fulfilling the other requirements for that indulgence what a, what a special gift um the pope has given us And I'm sure we'll, yeah, we'll remind you hopefully again, but mark your calendars. We, uh, we still are having a little bit of technical difficulties reaching Father Jim. And so, uh, we will, uh, maybe
0: we should say a little prayer to St. Michael, the archangel guys. That That sounds sounds
2: appropriate. All right. In the name of the father Father and the the son and the Holy Holy spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. St. Michael, Michael, the the archangel Archangel, defend defend us in in battle. battle.
4: questions to ask father so hopefully we'll be able to get him back on the air with us uh we wanted to talk a little bit about our guardian angels if we have some time so i'm kind of excited to see if we can bring it
0: together he's back (laughs) thank you saint michael
2: okay we're glad you're back yeah
4: thank you father
1: sure thank you too Just mentioning there about Our Lady of Fatima and St. Joseph, that he actually appeared with Our Lady the last apparition of Fatima. So that's very significant as well, that he appeared in 1917 in October with Our Lady and was holding the Christ child, and he blessed the world. And, of course, we know that fathers have the gift to bless their children. Mm -hmm. And this would be another important point is to remind all of the men listening that they have a blessing to give to their wives and children. That the daddies of a family have a blessing, just like a priest does, for their own family. Mothers, too, by the way, can bless their children. So we'd encourage all the fathers to begin that holy and ancient practice to bless your sons and daughters, even if they're already adults, to bless them every day for their protection.
4: Great idea. Father, we see Saint Joseph from this conversation, and we know that he's a powerful saint and really an incredible example of an earthly Father, but we can't forget the importance of our heavenly Father, right? Daddy?:
1: <laughs> That's right. Jesus actually said in the gospel, is really very interesting. The Lord actually said this, that "I've come, I've come," he said, "to gather for my Father." a people who will worship him in spirit and in truth. The mission of Jesus, in his own words, is to gather a group, a company, a family for his Father. So in other words, the good Lord did not come to gather me for himself. He came on a mission from his Father. And the Father is the object, the first object of his love. He adores his Father. And the good Lord mentions the Father over and over again in sacred scripture. And the Father himself adores his Son. When Jesus was baptized, the Father's voice was heard publicly. This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And so there's a tremendous love between Jesus and the Heavenly Father, we spoke about that last week, that love is so alive, it's actually the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Holy Trinity.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: We say in Latin, in theology, that Jesus was patri-centric. He was patri-centric. Jesus was centered on his Father. St. John Paul said that Jesus cannot be understood apart from his relationship with his Father. In other words, that's who he was, and that's who he is. He is the Father's Son. That's his his identity, you see? That's how he identifies himself. And so this is something really, it's like a word for the ages, where everything is leading us to, that we are really meant to be returned to the Father's bosom, to the Father's lap. Jesus came to bring me to his Father, And there is a beautiful prayer that's been given to the Church. Another recently approved prayer from another recent apparition, this time, believe it or not, of God the Father. God the Father appeared to a Catholic nun in a physical manner and sat next to her there in her convent and gave her a beautiful message for the entire world and it's actually now been approved by the local bishop over in Europe. And it's in English now. The little book, it's called The Father Speaks to His Children. And there's a prayer revealed in that booklet, in that message. And it goes like this. The Father said he would like everyone in the world to say this prayer every morning upon arising. See, because we've lost our identity. And our identity really is... Through the hearts of Jesus and Mary, we are sons and daughters of the Heavenly Father. That's who we are. And here's the prayer that God the Father revealed to the Holy Nun. It goes like this. In fact, friends in the studio, why don't we say this after me? It's a short prayer. It's called the Fiat of the Eternal Father. And we'll say this, and we'll make these cards available to your listeners. Great. Thank you. Okay. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. My beloved father.
3: My beloved
1: father. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven.
2: Thy will be done on
0: earth as it is in heaven.
1: Be thou my father. Be thou my father. Be always my eternal father.
2: Be always my eternal father.
1: Do not leave my soul.
2: Do not leave my
1: soul. Do not abandon me.
2: Do not, Do not abandon, abandon me. me
1: Do not leave me out of your sight, my father.
2: Do not leave me out of your sight, my father
1: for I am your child For
0: I am your child
1: whom you have created to please you
2: For whom you have created to
1: please you to adore you, to adore you to honor you to honor you living my days
4: living my days.
1: As you have given me the license to live it.
4: As, As you have, have given, given me, me
2: the license, license to live it. In,
1: I offer up this fiat.
2: I, I offer up this fiat, fiat
1: through Mary. Through Mary. To Jesus. To Jesus. To you, Eternal Father.
2: To
4: you, Eternal Father. Amen. Amen. Amen.
1: That's oh. called the fiat of the Eternal Father.
4: Yeah, that's beautiful.
1: And here's the instruction the Father gave to Sister. And remember, this has an imprimatur. But here's the promise. The Father said to Sister and to all of us, I promise you, you will feel the power of my great love for you, that I will send you day in and day out. You will feel it, he said. But you have to offer me every day as you get up in the morning that fiat. That's the prayer we just prayed. So it's quite a beautiful prayer and a beautiful spirituality. And it's really addressing the the alienation that we're experiencing in the world today, even with the coronavirus, but we are feeling like orphans. Even more to the point, we've been behaving like orphans for many decades now as if there's no God, no mm. father in heaven. Mm. Yes. You see? And even worse that the mainstream media and so much of the entertainment industry denigrates manhood and fatherhood at every turn, so that many people look upon manhood and fatherhood as a joke. And yet, everything we see came first from the Father, Mm -hmm. through Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit. That fatherhood, you might say, is everything. And the devil is working hard to make it nothing, you see? Mm -hmm the opposite of reality. But what I want to share with your beautiful listeners is this. The Father is beautiful. The reason you're beautiful is because He's beautiful. And He made you beautiful in His own image and likeness. And the Father is not mean or grouchy. No, 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 no. The devil is, but not not God. God is utterly gentle and utterly beautiful. And He even told Sister, if it was necessary, I would come down from heaven again myself, the Father, in a physical body and be crucified and die on the cross for you again, if it was necessary. I would do it myself.
0: Wow. Well, guys, unfortunately, it's that time. It's time to wrap up this hour. We're so thankful for you, Father Jim. We really are. Father Jim, from the, the Society of Our Lady of the Trinity, who's been joining us this hour for Another week. It's been beautiful. Thank you, Father Jim.
1: Come Thank back, you, Annie Father, and Carol from Stephanie and Jack.
0: Yeah, Thank and you, listeners, we're going to put those prayers up on our website at thequestatlanta.com. <laughs> got a new tab up there that says prayer resources, and we're going to be working on getting those prayers up there so you can access them really easy. Um, This interview is going to be available online as well, and we will probably be posting that on social media when it's going to be available, hopefully in the upcoming days as well. But Father Jim, would you go ahead and lead us in a prayer to close out this hour?
1: Surely, thank you. It's, It's always a gift to pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Father God, you have given us everything. You've given us our life and the air to breathe, the food that we eat, even the beds we sleep on, the earth we walk on. And then you gave us Jesus. You gave us the best that you have. And Father, we love him. We want to love him even more. We thank you for the Lord Jesus, who especially leads us back to you. He was in love with you, Father, and we want to love you, too. Give us a sense of your presence day in and day out. We ask you, yes, to, to ease and, and even to eliminate this coronavirus, but even more, we ask you to do something else. We ask you to ease and to el- eliminate all sin on the face of the earth and all loneliness and all hatefulness, We ask you, Father, in the name of Jesus and through the prayers of the Virgin Mary to bring your victory to Atlanta, to Georgia, and to the human race, to bring a kingdom of love and peace and joy, to bring it as soon as possible, Father, throw down the flame of love into each of our hearts today. May Almighty God bless you and all of your beloved listeners and all of Atlanta. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.
0: Beautiful. Thank you, Father. Thank Thank you, you, Father. Thank
1: Thank you, guys. Thank
0: you, thank you, thank you to our listeners out there who are choosing to listen to their Atlanta Catholic radio station this hour, AM 1160, The Quest. Be sure to stay tuned as the Divine Mercy Chaplet is coming up. And don't forget to set those alarms for tomorrow morning at 6.58 a.m. So you can remember to pray to Our Father with the entire world.
2: Stay tuned.
1: Today's world cybersecurity is critical for your business. Award-winning Versprite provides solutions to protect your company from hackers. For protection now, see versprite.com. That's V-E-R-Sprite.com. The Quest thanks Versprite for their support. The Quest presents Mom Minutes with Cameron Frad from Among the
0: Lilies. I don't know about you, but I feel like before I had kids, I was going to be the best and greatest mom in the entire world. I had these dreams and these, um, I was gonna do crafts with my kids. I was gonna be patient all the time and never yell or scream or get frustrated. And then when I had a child, it was much different. I feel like the Lord handed me a really hard baby who was um, colicky and crying all the time. And I realized I, It was just a lot harder than I was expecting. I was recovering from a C-section and I just didn't know what to do. And so I had to rely on him that much more and pray like, okay, Lord, give me the grace. I don't know what this baby needs. Help me. Help me in this moment. So if that's you right now, just know you are not alone and turn to the Lord and ask for prayers. Okay? Just ask. He's there. He wants to help. For more homegrown wisdom, visit thequestatlanta.com.
3: This is Deacon Rick Medina of All Saints Parish, also Executive Director of Catholic World Mission. Thank you for listening to AM 1160 The Quest, home of listener-supported Atlanta Catholic Radio.
1: Do you have a friend or family member who's seeking to grow in their spirituality? Know someone who's fallen away from their faith? Why not invite them to listen to AM 1160 The Quest? We offer a wide variety of the most prominent voices on Catholic radio. There are four great ways to listen to The Quest on your radio at AM 1160, online at thequestatlanta.com, on your smart speaker, and on the Quest Atlanta app. Please invite a friend to listen to AM 1160 The Quest today. The Quest presents Pro-Life Minutes.
0: Have you ever thought about how to help someone with an unplanned pregnancy? When scared feelings come up, women with unexpected pregnancies often jump to abortion as a solution. The best thing a friend or family member can do is to get the mom to slow down and help her get all the facts before she aborts the baby. It is the most important decision of her life, and she will have to live with the consequences of this decision forever. The most loving thing you can do is to help her make an appointment and go with her to the Pregnancy Resource Center. They all offer free ultrasounds. Did you know that 80% of mothers and 90% of fathers who see their babies on an ultrasound choose life? Showing her the many options she has with loving support allows her to choose life. Let's show the world that every life matters by speaking up for life at every opportunity. For more homegrown wisdom, visit thequestatlanta.com. This is the home of listener-supported Atlanta Catholic Radio, AM 1160, The Quest, WCFO, East Point, Atlanta.